on the Five for the 100th episode special. I'm joined by Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and drummer for one of the greatest bands of all time, Artemis Pyle of Leonard Skinner. You know, Ronnie Van Zant got us inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. You know, because of Ronnie's prolific writing and his uh, unbelievable will and vision, which is called Leonard Skinner. These songs have just transcended generations. I mean, I feel like they're going to be around for like another thousand, two thousand years. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, Ryan, I've, thank you for saying that. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. We, we felt like this is the right time to do something for Ronnie Van Zant, his music and his band a tribute and what better way than to do the songs and have guest artists come in people that ronnie would love dolly parton sammy hagar It was when the uh, we only had one engine mm. uh, left, and we had, it was a twin-engine plane. When we knew we were going down was when the other engine went out, mm. and I happened to be in the cockpit at the time, and the uh, the right engine choked out. And you know, I knew that that plane had a good glide ratio. the The plane had a great glide ratio. And um, we could make it on one engine. We could make it to somewhere to land. Macomb with, had an airport, but we had passed over it. But we didn't have, when that engine went out, we were out of fuel. We were a glider. And, and you, you know that, that scene, it's very intense. It's it hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to think about. This is more than a story about the plane crash. It's about the music of Leonard Skinner, the greatest Southern rock band of all time. When we used to tour, um, you know, in Europe, uh, I, I just, I love being there. Uh, we played live at Leeds, the, the Who yeah. live at Leeds. We played Leeds University, uh, went over to Glasgow across the border there. Yeah, but yeah. Newcastle and Brighton and Liverpool, and of course, London, we, we mm. would head in London, I just loved it over there, just getting out in the streets and walking through the villages and the countryside. Mm. Um, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, my, my dad will kill me if I don't tell you. Um, he was at Nebworth in 76 when, <laughs> when you were with the Stones. I mean, he always says, he's been telling me for decades that you guys blew them off stage. And his little theory is the reason for why they came out late was because you were too good. <laughs> so. They were. They, no, they, they were two, two, excuse me, two hours late. Yes. And um, they were partying and drinking and, and smoking weed with Jack Nicholson. Right. Um, and, 
And then, you know, then they, they were the, the intros were kind of sloppy and the, their endings mm-hmm. were sloppy. But when you're the Rolling Stones, you know, you can do that. Yeah. And uh, it was a great day. About 300,000 people and your dad. He's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great day. I met Paul McCartney that day wow. and hung out with uh, Paul and Linda. Yeah. Um, it's just something you don't forget, you know. No. <laughs> 10CC. Yeah. Todd Brundgren, Hot Tuna. Yeah. Uh, Ron Harrison Band, Creedence Clearwater, without without John. Mm. Uh, Stones and us. Yeah. And uh, what a great day. I know, amazing. I mean, he's still got the program. He's got everything. So uh, for our very special 100th episode, uh, I'm here with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Uh, Artemis Pyle. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, you know, you've got this new album coming out, uh, Anthems, uh, honoring the music of Leonard Skinnerd. Um, that, of course, will be out on uh, February 2nd, which we'll absolutely be diving into. Um, but first, you know, I, I'd like to kind of have a look at how things began for a musician. Everybody looks at who they are today and thinks, you know, wow. But everybody began somewhere. Um, how did this journey begin for you? Like particularly becoming a drummer, was there a moment for you where you were like, I want to be a musician? Oh, well, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a natural drummer. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was, you know, born in Louisville, Kentucky. So I rode horses and uh, the natural gallop mm. underneath. Uh, later on, when I was like 10, I started running bulldozers for my grandpa on his road building company uh, through in Tennessee and, you know, a cat, a, a big Caterpillar D8 V8. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sitting underneath you, you know, uh, percolating. So the galloping hooves of a horse uh, engine, um, it, it, it felt like natural rhythms to me. So um, I'm very, I always kid people and tell them when, when the doctor pulled me out and smacked my butt, I said, two, three, four. Uh, <laughs> that's my big joke. Uh, so, but I'm a natural drummer. My dad bought me a set of drums when I was nine years old. Um, a set of um, Slingerlands, Red Sparkle Slingerlands. And then I had them recreated after my dad's death. Uh, he was killed in a plane crash mm. and uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I had, I had a set built um, when I was endorsed by Slingerland, a huge set of red sparkle Slingerlands. They're beautiful. I still have them uh, in honor of my father. And, uh, but I, I just wanted to let you know, I, I am in the beautiful mountain ranges of North Carolina. Mm. Uh, I'm uh, out in the country on this beautiful piece of property. I used to actually live here. And this house that I'm in was built um by a man named Jeremy, uh, an amazing carpenter, an amazing artist, one of the best drummers I've ever seen in my life, um, and an amazing martial art artist. Um, we lost him uh, years ago. Uh, Jeremy was young. We lost him way too young, but an amazing drummer. And he built the house that I'm sitting in. Wow. And I'm surrounded um, by the uh, Pisgah uh, Forest range and uh it's it's really beautiful out here 
So, and you're, and you're in Nottingham. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love England so much. I, I love the UK. Uh, I miss it. I haven't been over there in a long time. Mm. And uh, so I just wanted to throw that in that mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the UK and, and all the places uh, in, in the Newcastle. I, I remember Newcastle. I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a natural drummer. Mm. Uh, and, and my dad bought me my first set. I actually, I got a set of bongo drums. But when I was a little kid, I sit in the floor of the kitchen and play, use my mother, my mom's uh, uh, wooden spoons and would play on pots and pans. Um, so it's been in me for some reason. You know, I, I can fly an airplane. Uh, I can run a bulldozer. I can hammer nails. Uh, there's a lot of things that I can do, but what I love doing the most is playing drums Hmm. and, uh, you know, being a musician and and music has saved my life many times, brought me back to life, um, from airplane crashes. I've had three Hmm. and uh, of course the Skinner plane crash was the main one. And, uh, then when, you know, Ronnie Van Zant got us inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame, in 2006, you know, because of Ronnie's prolific writing and his uh, unbelievable will and vision, which is called Leonard Skinner. And I feel very lucky to be included uh, as a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member drummer. Uh, I was inducted with Bob Burns, Mm. who never gets enough credit. Bob Bob is a very underrated drummer. Uh, We lost Bob in a car wreck years ago. Uh, our whole band went over and uh, and the, the guys performed at his uh, uh, funeral service. Uh, they sang Tuesday's Gone, kind of acapella with, with guitar. Wasn't totally acapella. But uh, we loved Bob and we lost him. Very underrated drummer. Got a great warm and fuzzy sound on all the pronounced Leonard Skinner. And, uh, and can't talk enough about Steve Gaines. When he came into the band, he gave uh, Ronnie Van Zant all new hope, you know, because Ronnie lost Ed King as a songwriter. He loved writing, you know, like Sweet Home Alabama. That's an Ed mm-hmm. King, Ronnie Van Zant, Gary Rossington uh, collaboration. And, you know, we seven months ago or so, we lost Gary Rossington. He was the last founding member of Leonard Skinner. And uh, I am the last living member of Leonard Skinner. And it's not something I'm bragging about. It doesn't feel good. It feels bad. Um, But I've been with my band, APB, which is Scott Raines, Jerry Lida, Bradley Durden, and uh, David Fowler. We've been together 15 years, and there's nobody that plays the music better than we do. Um, And so it was a natural thing to, to pay tribute and pay honor to uh the the band the Leonard Skinner band and all of all of the band members um that are gone and I'm here so uh, I I felt like we, we felt like this is the right time to do something for Ronnie Van Zant his music and his band a tribute and what better way than to do the songs and have guest artists come in, people that Ronnie would love, Dolly Parton, 
Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Ronnie and Sammy were friends from when, when Sammy was with Montrose. Mm. Ronnie Montrose, uh, Montrose used to open up for us. So mm. uh, Sammy knew Ronnie. And um, Dolly and Sammy and Warren Haynes and all these great players, uh, singers, uh, they came was, in. It was because of uh, Dolly Parton, wasn't it? The, the, uh, Gary was kind of tempted to come back and, and uh, do that, that famous no. guitar to work on Freebird. Totally right. That's right, Ryan. Uh, R-Y-A-N. It is, yeah. So, so that is correct, Ryan. Uh, Dolly Parton kind of opened the door. Once you get Dolly Parton on board, and she agreed to, you know, through our bass player, David Fowler, he knew her, he played with her. He's, he lives in Nashville. He's from our area. But David knew Dolly, and he brought her in. And uh, she sang Freebird. And uh, I told her I was going to vote for her in the Hall of Fame. And she said, well, I don't know if I'm going to accept it because I don't know if I deserve it. And we all said, well, Dolly, you deserve everything. You're a humanitarian. You give money for children's hospitals. You have reading programs for children. You're a singer, songwriter, movie star, play guitar as good as a man. Uh, I think you deserve everything. And she said, well, could I put Freebird on my album? And I said, absolutely. You know, we all were like, you know, Yes. Um, so that kind of opened the door. And then we got Sammy on Simple Man. Um, we didn't get everybody we wanted, but we got a lot of people we didn't know we could get. It's a pretty um, amazing list. I mean, I was reading yes, through it, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> and Dolly, her version of Freebird, it'll make you cry. It did me mm. when she played it for me. So a lot of people go, why now? Why do a... a, a an album of Leonard Skinner songs that have already been recorded and already been recorded many times and, you know, and are played live every day in every city of America. There's a band that plays Leonard Skinner music. It's, it's mind blowing because I played with a bunch of those bands. And uh, that's why we have this band now because we've been together 15 years and we got together and said, you know, I, I'm. We're, we were all tired of playing in ten different bands. Mm. We wanted one band, and I'm 75, and all of the guys in the band are, you know, 60 or younger, and you know, and they grew up with the music, and they they're from Alabama and Georgia and North Carolina and Tennessee and Kentucky. We are a Southern rock band, mm. you know, and, and uh, we play the music better than anybody. So. Some people have said, you know, why now? Why those songs? Well, we couldn't do them all. We had to pick and choose. Yeah. But you got to do Freebird. You got to do Sweet Home Alabama. You know, uh, but the, the reason is it's very simple. It's one, one thought. It's because Ronnie Van Zant deserves it. Mm. You know, we wanted to modernize these songs with re modern recording techniques and I got a great drum sound, best drum sound I've ever gotten in my life on this album. Mm. And the album rocks. And the band is us. We are the basic track. Um, what, do you, so, what do you feel it is about these 
anthems, as you rightly have put on there. Because, you know, th these songs have just transcended generations. I mean, I feel like they're going to be around for like another thousand, two thousand years. I mean, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm Ryan, I've, thank you for saying that. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. Because I said that in many interviews. I've said, Ronnie Van Zant and the band wrote songs that'll be here for a thousand years. So, so you, you just said it, you just made my day. I, I, and, uh, and, and so th that is correct. And, and finish your thought. I'm sorry. I, interrupted. I, mean, it, I mean, I'm, I'm 30 and I can listen to, uh, you know, Freebird. I can listen to, you know, Needle and the Spoon and it, it's all great stuff that still resonates with my, I mean, my generation now are still, and younger are still tuning into to Skinner and loving it, you know, and the, it, what do you feel it is about these songs that, that goes beyond, you know, like you get younger people with, with just certain bands and it's like, Oh, you know, it's of its time, but Skinner is, is, and that music is clearly far beyond that. What do you feel it is that's making them so special? Well, I, I, I have my opinion. Definitely. I mean, what, what you say to your point, Led Zeppelin was good back in the 70s and 60s really uh you know uh are they good now yeah that yeah. that music was good then it's good now it'll be good a thousand years from now and ronnie was able to capture a moment in time with the energy of his band uh it wasn't just his words and songwriting power hmm. and his prolific style he had a vision of the music as well that's why he made the band rehearse so much. I, I don't know of any band that was tighter than us. I don't know of any band that rehearsed more than we did. Mm. And I loved it because I'm a physical guy. What I do is physical. I'm a drummer, right? So, and I'd say, bring it on, let's do it. But when he would go to the band and say, let's do Sweet Home Alabama for the 50th time in a row, you know, some of the band members were like, oh, man, Ronnie, because, you know, he was like their dad. Mm. Not a lot of band members had fathers growing up that were there. But Ronnie was always there for these guys. He was like their father. And he would say, man, we're, we're going to do it 51 times. You know, get in there. Let's strap on. Let's go. Uh, so it was his vision. He had... Uh, 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 he ruled the band with an iron fist because he had an iron fist. He wasn't completely unfair or anything like that. Uh, and, and he was reasonable to, uh, to, for some things. But when it came to that music and came to being prepared, when we were on a stage in front of 300,000 people, uh, he was pretty adamant about, you know, what, what he wanted us to do. And uh, I, I agreed. I, I mean, I, I agree with that work ethic. Mm. Uh, so his pr prolific songwriting, his words were so common, man, that everybody and the way Ronnie sang, a lot of people look at that and go, well, I can sing like that because he didn't sing above people's heads. He didn't try to, you know, you know like great singers, like, like, like uh, Steve Perry, from Journey. I mean, look, look at that guy's voice. Uh, look, look at Paul Rogers, who loved Ronnie. Paul Rogers and Ronnie were really close friends. Paul Rogers was at Gary's funeral mm. uh, in, in, uh, months ago. Uh, he spoke the words. Uh, they, 
they have these unbelievable voices in this range. Now, Ronnie had a great voice and he had range and he had technique and everything, but it was all his own. And he sang in a way with the words that he sang, like a song like Simple Man. Mm. You know, American television. I was watching one night uh, TV and Bob Dylan was sitting there with Simple Man playing in the background. And Bob Dylan, the poet laureate, was saying, all you got to do is listen to those words written by Ronnie Van Zandt. Mm. It's a song called Simple Man. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Bob Dylan said that. Yeah. I, I almost cried. I think I did cry. And just, just to hear that guy know, realize who Ronnie was. And uh, so th th to me, that, that was the key of the music, was Ronnie wrote music that is relatable, you know, uh, like Saturday Night Special mm. was really about gun control, about get get the uh, the the guns that will blow up in your hand, get those off the street. He was he he believed in the uh, Second Amendment, as I do. Mm. Uh, but you know, there should be some you know, the, not everybody should be able to have a gun, <laughs> and that that opens up a whole new thing. But Ronnie s stated very clearly uh, in Saturday Night Special that. You know that these these uh, these it can put you six feet under, mm. uh, and he wrote about a lot of things like like about Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, he was basically saying to Neil Young, and he loved Neil Young. He loved Neil Young. They were going to write together. Neil had sent some songs mm. for Ronnie to look at, but then Ronnie was killed, and 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 that ended that. But but Ronnie was just simply saying to Neil Young. Don't blame everybody in the South for what some people do. Mm. Yes, there were bull whips, because that's what Neil, bull whips cracking and, you know, and people screaming in pain. And uh, Ron, Ronnie was just saying, don't blame everybody for that, because we're all not like that. You know, we all, you know, and Ronnie didn't care what color you were, what gender you were, uh, what, what race if you were a good person to Ronnie Van Zant, you were a good person. Of course, your movie, uh, Street Survivors, which was released uh, back in 2020, of course, that, that tells the events of the, the tragic crash that happened just days after the release of the album, uh, Street Survivors. Um, did you feel that, you know, this was a story that, that needed to be told? Yes, Ryan, because... Leonard Skinner fans are not getting any younger. Hmm. I'm not. I'm 75. I feel fine. You know, I want to play drums as long as I can, as long as I can play those songs correctly. And from, from what my band and the audience and my children tell me, I'm still playing just as good as ever. You know, I feel like I'm getting better. I'm getting a little more technique where I don't have to play so hard to get the same sound out of the drum and the cymbal. I can actually attack it in a way that you, you can't play Leonard Skinner music as the drummer. You can't play it, you know, like light. You have to lay into it. And I'm still able to do that uh, at 75. I feel fine. Um, but we're all, each day that goes by, we're not promised tomorrow. You know, there's no guarantees. 
So mm-hmm. I wanted a lot of the Skinner fans that wondered what happened to us on that fateful day and that fateful night, what we went through as a band. I wanted them to know that. And I never lost consciousness. I've had three airplane crashes. Mm-hmm. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've had multiple car wrecks and motorcycle wrecks. Uh, I've been hit in the head. I've been in fights where I got, you know, hit in the head hard. Um, but I've never been knocked unconscious. And I wanted, I wanted to relate what I remembered. Everybody remembers car wrecks differently, mm. plane crashes differently. But my recollection, because I am a pilot, because I did fly that plane, because my father was killed in a plane crash, because all my friends were killed in plane crashes, I felt like I was qualified to tell the story. And uh, so I did. And we, you know, Cleopatra Films out in California, we had a, a little budget of a million eight hundred thousand. Not a big budget when it comes to doing uh, a movie. And we released the movie during pandemic. Hmm. But I am so proud of our effort. We did the best we could under the circumstances. The soundtrack is one of the most beautiful soundtracks. Uh our band, APB, wrote a, a killer song called Street Survivor, title track to the movie, uh, that I'd put up against any Southern rock song ever written. I'm not joking. And that may sound pompous, you know, but, but I, I know that this song is, is, I know what a good Southern rock song is. I've been on them. I, yeah. I have gold platinum records that, that say I kind of have an idea. And Street Survivors, uh, written by Scott Rains and, and uh, Jerry Lida. I wanted g- uh, guitar harmonies and vocal harmonies, Southern rock vocal and guitar harmonies. It's all in there and it rocks. And I channeled John Bonham for the drum part. I mm. asked everybody in the band and crew, I said, you got something that I can do in this song that you hear? And I put all these parts together and then channeled John Bonham and then played the part. I love the song. That was on the soundtrack. My mm. sons, Chris and Marshall, they both wrote uh, songs for the soundtrack. My son, Marshall, that I live with on 50 Acre Farm down in uh, North Carolina, he wrote a beautiful song called Southern Feelings. And it's at the poignant moment in the movie when we're com- coming up to our airplane for the last time. Yeah. That airplane will take off, but it will never land. It will o- only crash. And his song is is playing, and it says, "Live each day like it could be the last day of your life." And uh, some friends of mine wrote songs for the soundtrack, so we were really proud of it. And that that was kind of an impetus. Well, what can we do to honor the band and and the music? And uh, and and it's because it's it's because Ronnie. And Steve Gaines and Alan Collins and Leon Wilkerson and Billy Powell and Gary Rossington and Cassie Gaines and uh, and Jojo Billingsley. It's because they they deserve it. Hmm. Now the only people left from that ten people band is myself and Leslie Hawkins, uh, Ronnie's uh, contralto sopranos. He picked her, handpicked her. She lives in Florida, down in Jacksonville, Fort Carolina area. 
and it's beautiful down there. And, um, you know, I'm from St. Augustine, Florida, uh, as well as the mountains. So, um, you know, I, that's I think just the the long and short of it yeah. in response to your point is that we did this album because they deserve it. And it came out really good. And when you got Dolly Parton singing Freebird, I mean, hey, <laughs> you, know, so, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, when I when I watched that that movie i mean i couldn't it was difficult for me to watch and i couldn't imagine what that would be like for yourself i mean being a pilot was there a moment for you where you knew that this wasn't going to to end well with you having that experience as a pilot did you realize kind of early on at that point I did. Mm. I did. I, I mean, I was going back and forth to the cockpit yeah. uh, because I am a pilot and my dad was killed in a plane crash. All my friends yeah. were killed and, and in three of them. So uh, I reiterate, um, it, it was when the, uh, we only had one engine mm. uh, left and we had, it was a twin engine plane. And we used a, a C-117 in the movie. We didn't have the money in the budget to use a conveyor, which is tricycle landing gear with one on the nose. Hmm. We had a tail dragger like that. And I used to fly in those in the Marines, very safe flying record. Um, we called them Goonie birds. And um, so we were able to use that plane for the outside shots. Um, and uh, of course there was a lot of CGI uh, and everything, but I like the looks of that plane. It had twin engines and it had a nice looking cockpit. So it, it was okay. Uh, that's the only thing about the movie that isn't, you know, accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, the, the movie is accurate. And, uh, and you, the, um, when we knew we were going down was when the other engine went out mm. and I happened to be in the cockpit at the time. And the, uh, the right engine choked out. And, you know, I knew that that plane had a good glide ratio. The, the plane had a great glide ratio. And um, we could make it on one engine. We could make it to somewhere to land. Macomb had an airport, but we had passed over it. Mm. But we didn't have, when that engine went out, we were out of fuel. We were a glider. And, and you, you know that, that scene. It's very intense. It's it hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to think about. I get very emotional about it because once we became a glider, you know, we knew we were, we were going in mm. and uh, we were below the cloud level and uh, we were looking for some place to set the thing down. And uh, it, 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 we, we knew it wouldn't end, end too well, you know, yeah. um, so uh, th that that is intense, and uh, I re I was able to watch the movie I think ten times. Wow! And I watched it by myself, uh, because uh, it, it it is very uh, emotional and intense. Um, it's not for children. There's a lot of nudity. There's foul language, drugs, and alcohol. But that's kind of what was going down in the late '60s and '70s. Um, you, you know, there was. A streaking of, you know, we play these big stadiums 
and dozens of girls would take off their clothes and run across the stage. You know, uh, we kind of like that to say the truth, uh, <laughs> but you know, and, and the girls up front in the front rows would flash us, you know, and like I say, no problem, but, uh, but you know, the uh, Hollywood went a little bit overboard with the nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we never stood the entire band in a hotel room with 20 butt naked girls, you know, that never happened. <laughs> there was, there was, there was a lot of, you know, uh, exposed breasts, but uh, we, we weren't, you know, it wasn't like the Romans. It wasn't complete debauchery. Uh, we, we liked our sexual activity in private, let, let's say, but uh, Hollywood kind of threw that in there. And I said, okay, it's, it's done. What can, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that it, 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 it was time for us to do our new album anthems mm. because, you know, but listen, um, Ryan, I, I would love to talk all day with you, sir. Uh, and I um, love England and the UK. I, I, I feel like I'm there by talking to you, but I, I have to do another interview. Oh, that's, We're trying that's, to get the album out there, you know. I completely respect that. Um, can I ask one more question? I'll let you go. There's yes, sir. Just one. Yeah, um, hold that question. Hold that question. Let me quickly say that we put out pre-sales, about 1,500, we're dropping the album on February the 2nd when it'll be available, um, February 2nd, Groundhog's Day. And there are 1,500 vinyls mm. that are available. And yeah. uh, it may be more in the future, but for right now, that's what's available. So I just wanted to say that. Um, mm. What was your question, sir? Uh, a question I always finish on that I ask every guest that comes on, and it really relates well with your your album anthems. Um if you could work with any artist, one from the past and one from the present, who would they be? I mean, obviously you've worked with so many amazing people, but is there one in particular that you think, you know, looking back, maybe that'd be a cool thing, you know, a cool person to work with perhaps? Well, I've been asked the question, who is my favorite drummer? Mm. And I only could choose one because I have so many great drummers you know, jazz drummers, Billy Cobham, all these great mm-hmm. guys. Uh, if I had to choose one, it would be Neil Peart. Yes. Okay. And they asked me, what is your favorite guitar player? If you had to choose one, I mean, my gosh, Jimi Hendrix, all these great players, <laughs> my, my guitar players from, from Leonard Skinner, my guitar mm-hmm. player that I play with now, Jerry Lyda and Scott Raines, great guitar players that I played with. But if I had to choose one, uh, it, it, it would, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, guitar player that I most love, hmm. uh, you, you ever heard of an album called blow by blow and wired Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck, I mean, Jeff Beck yes. is my favorite guitar player of all time. Hmm. If I had to choose one now, as far as somebody from the past, uh, I, I think Ronnie, if Ronnie were to answer that, he, he'd like to work with Merle Haggard or mm. somebody like that. He would have collaborated with a lot of people. Of course, you know, nowadays, it would be great to collaborate with Sting. Mm. You know, I, I love Sting and, and the police. There's so many people I could choose. Is, yeah. That's just off the top of my head, you know, from the past and the future. But mm. 
Thank you so much, Ryan. No, I, I, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got a tremendously busy schedule, um, but it's been great speaking with you and um, I wish you Cheers. all the best for your album. As our friend Bill Graham used to say always, cheers. And and I I would like to say, uh, reach out to us and say hello. Uh, You know, my number is available if you want to call me on the sides. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 